0: What
1: is it? Uh, well, it's called uh, Randomizer, and it's fitted to the guidance systems and operates under a very complex scientific principle called potluck.
0: <laughs> ah, no one knows where we're going. Not even the Black Guardian.
1: Not even us.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Randomizer podcast, episode ten. I'm Charles, and I'm Tim. Hey, we mixed that up without even planning it. Hey yeah it's the end of the first series so at least. we've been allowed to bring in games yeah you hate games uh, some of them just my games okay yeah, just your games as usual a spoiler warning for the latest doctor who episode the timeless children and indeed for all doctor who that preceded it which is of course now rude <laughs> more of that later and a spoiler too for the upcoming national lottery draw so, on to the Timeless Children. Even though Connor isn't here this week, he has sent us an email. We have correspondence, which Yay. is very exciting. And actually, since he was by far the most erudite of us last week, I thought we should let him lead off. So, this is what he sent. I know you didn't ask for it, <laughs> but on the topic of the Timeless Children, it was an enjoyable and engaging episode throughout, with some really interesting concepts explored. The Master and the Cybermen stuff was excellent, even if killing a Shadow so abruptly was upsetting. And the Cybermasters were beautifully designed hmm. While having the Doctor behind the Timeless Child was literally the easiest solution to the mystery It adds new layers and infinite potential to the Doctor The mystery behind the character is back For fans of a show that has survived so long by making itself based around the concept of constant change Doctor Who fans really do seem to hate the idea of any change at all I don't believe their outrage should be justified when you think about it for more than a minute Lore has not been destroyed, it's been expanded Nothing has been taken away from the character. The Doctor's still the Doctor, and William Hartnell's still the first Doctor. As it stands, Ruth's character still hasn't actually been placed in the timeline. There's still a lot more to uncover. People need patience. The story could end up being that William Hartnell's Doctor was the first to free himself from Gallifrey and go off into the universe on his own terms, as his own person. And if you ask me, that makes his character, and him being the first Doctor, even more impactful. And also, thank you, Dad, for the gift of life. Can I
1: borrow 20 quid? (laughs) Let's talk about the many ways that he's wrong. (laughs) Well, what can I say? Good God, Igor, what have I created? <laughs> I think I agree with most of it, to be fair. I agree in part with most of it. I always, I'm always interested in what Connor's got to say about things because he is very eloquent, but he gets his point across very well. My take on it is that it's a bit of a mess, but I'm just going to sort of go, yeah, all right, fair enough, and continue watching the show. Yeah, I'm not... Too bothered in the sense that I'm going to get out of my tree about it. I did hear someone describe this whole thing as Chibnall really wanted to put his mark on the show. Unfortunately his mark was a shit stain which So my liked. mind had gone to a dog <laughs> cocking its leg at a lamp <laughs> hooks, but there you go. I think I genuinely
0: quite enjoyed the episode on its surface and then the more I think about it the more I'm kind of going oh god for fuck's sake. Yeah. I'm going to go big general stuff first mm. and then okay. dive into some specifics because for me I I actually like the new lore that's been added. I think Connor's bang on there. I think it nicely packages off all the Gallifrey stuff. And mm. you have another central mystery set earlier than all the Gallifrey stuff now. I think that's enjoyable. That's
1: interesting. I think that the mystery that's been created is dull and boring compared to the mystery we had before. The Doctor's origins were very ambiguous and I never wanted to hang on, to when know... you say before... At I'm what? talking about before this episode But right, the, before there the was whole... a lot of what? There was almost no mystery before this episode Well there was, How yeah, well, wasn't well, there was it? The show's called Doctor Who, we never knew where the Doctor We knew supposedly It came from Gallifrey and that was basically it There was allusions To other things But it was never explained mm. This technically explained Everything, I didn't see the need for this I just thought it was a question that Nobody wanted answering mean, well, you know? that's the there's a weird relationship
0: with this mystery that we all hold up so highly that you know, we, we kind of want to tease at it. It's quite nice when little dribbles of things yeah. come out, like the cartmel hints in Soris yeah. McCoy's season, but If anybody dares actually tell a story about it They're hung from the nearest lamppost I don't
1: understand why there's a need to Don't go there It's not necessary That's all None of it is necessary As as far as I'm concerned That's incredibly fucking boring
0: Let me lay it out Yeah, yeah
1: Because I'm not getting very far
0: So we have all the kind of messy Gallifly lore that's been seeded in Throughout the years Has now been sort of wrapped up into a bundle And put to one side of a key event and that event is the timeless child the doctor coming through this mysterious portal so we have a lot of mystery now in terms of what's on the other side of that portal and who or what the doctor was before that now whether or not the show will go there is another open question i think for me the thing is that i don't have any problem with all of this stuff and thinking about it narratively i find it quite interesting but the delivery of it and the impact of it and the execution of it i thought was Really poor Yeah I don't think anything Should be off the table I don't think anything's Unnecessary in that sense But I do think That Chibnall Generally is Does not have the skill To yeah. do it well
1: I take your point on that You know I mean? I suppose I agree in that sense If they'd have done this and done it well Or at least committed more Because it it just felt like some half-assed piece of fan fiction It's a big
0: revelation for no good reason Other than to be a big revelation Mm. The Master throws it in the Doctor's face And then there's this tiny little wobble of confidence Before Dr Ruth, who is so badly served in this (sighs) episode Pops up just to say, hey, what does it matter? And the Doctor's like, you know what, you're right And then there's this really ugly (sighs) scene With her saying, I'm better to the new to the master and that's yeah. that sits really badly
1: do you know what that felt like that did feel like Chibnall talking playground, to the fans playground yeah.
0: I just would have loved to have seen something of this momentous import mm. in the hands of somebody like Moffat, Moffat and Russell T. Davis yeah. because they would have seeded it beautifully oh, they would yeah. have revealed it in a way that closed some circles that meant there was a sort of satisfaction to it there was a skill and a showmanship yeah. to it Chibnall has none of this I'm really it's just cemented for me the fact that this guy is not as
1: you know he's middle of the road yeah i mean i don't i don't think he's awful
0: he's obviously you know the stories are entertaining on Mm. the surface level but they just have none of the depth and none of the panache and skill that we've been lucky to have Mm. to be honest
1: absolutely i think what it sums up for me is this entire era is that i'm watching the episodes and generally i'm not particularly enjoying them but you know they're they're okay, and the ones that I do enjoy, you know, I'm really watching on to. But I'm really starting to come to the conclusion that the ones that I'm really liking are basically would have been say average within RTD or Moffat, and yeah. this is just it's me. Yeah, and that's no,
0: it. I, I mean, I'm enjoying the show by and large. Yeah. You know, I, I like it existing. I just, I think that the big events are. Spent, like, cheap shocks rather than delivered as kind of yeah. revelatory moments or anything that has a kind of a feeling
1: of having been earned. You know, I enjoyed the last episode very much. And this episode, up until the he said, you are the timeless child, I was really enjoying. I've not even got that much of a problem with the Doctor being the timeless child, but it's like, I akin this to, and this is a real leap, but go with me. I akin this to Sex in the City. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I went to see the movie, the first one, with my friend Claire, and I think I was possibly the only guy in the theatre. Okay. Right? Now, there is a particular scene... Spoilers if you haven't seen Sex. (laughs) Spoilers for Sex. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Anyway, there's a particular scene where uh, one of the main character's husbands reveals he's been having an affair. This was signposted from... the the first minute of the film, you would have had to have a fucking lobotomy not to (laughs) realise that this character was having an affair. And he reveals it to her, right? And the entire audience went... (gasps) that and I just burst out laughing and at that point I've never felt so scared in my life because 400 <laughs> eyes just all focused on me as if to say we're going to fucking kill you. You get the context I'm going for slightly here. Yeah, slightly um, uncomfortable aspersions on well, the intellectual no, it's capacity the reveal, of it's, it's, yeah, Well, maybe. The reveal of you're the timeless child was already fucking said in Ghost Monument. Remind, they me, say remind me now. The timeless child, and then there must have been some ambiguity. I don't remember. I don't think there was any ambiguity hmm. about it personally. But anyway, you get that, and then you get reactions online. Oh my God, the Doctor! You know I'm thing seriously am I watching a different fucking show yeah maybe just very much cleverer than everybody else yeah that's probably what it is I would definitely say that
0: it wasn't like I didn't see it coming but it was, also wasn't that I was 100% sure that was which way it was going to go but by that point all the options had narrowed down it Slightly... was the
1: simplest explanation and it's yeah. usually always going to be the <laughs> simplest explanation I don't know if but... Hawkins but...
0: Razor replies to science yeah. fiction a very unsatisfying episode in that sense yeah. but in terms of what it adds to the canon I'm enjoying it more than hating it and I've been quite surprised by some of the reactions, oh, I haven't the, looked extensively.
1: But. The vitriol is well, fucking awesome. The thing is, right now, Doctor Who is important to many, many people. It's important to me. I've watched it since I was a child. I've made a lot of good friends, yourself excluded. Sorry, <laughs> and it's a, it's something that my son and I share, and we have a lot of fun with. That's it. You know, you need to get a perspective.
0: Sure, people can wrap their identities up in their fandoms I think we can have a certain amount of compassion For people who are that invested in it But that compassion extends only as far as Their response
1: is civil and coherent as well, I think Admittedly, there are people They say things like, oh, it saved my life You know, I, I know it's helped people through Things like depression and stuff like that And I'm not discounting that That's very important And I'm glad that a TV show or a book or something helps you. I don't discount that, but I just don't think that you can really have this sort of vitriol reaction
0: it's ownership it's entitlement yeah. it's all these things of well this isn't being made for me
1: anymore and yeah. it's just ugly I- I'm glad to stay away from the most of it if you need something to take comfort from the Master is an unreliable narrator he could have wanted all these things to fuck with the doctor's mind I don't want the get out I want the show to do
0: something interesting with this new territory that it's carved out I'm not sure it will because I'm not sure children <sighs> is capable of it let's look at what the ground is now you've got the area before the doctor comes through the portal Mm. so that's obviously now the new version of mysterious person from mysterious unnamed race of aliens Mm. and in that sense there is a huge amount of extra mystery Mm. potential in that but then you've got the area between that and the new stuff about Mm.
1: the experiments on the doctor the yeah the the loving mother that
0: experimented on her child So you've got this new territory between the Doctor coming through the portal and then the Doctor in the form of the first Doctor leaving Gallifrey. And in that time, there's
1: a lot of interesting territory to explore. Of course, there was that interesting point that Connor made about, you know, the first Doctor could have been the first one to describe himself as the Doctor or to have escaped the Division?
0: I guess so. I, th- I think Ruth's looking very likely to fit into the Division era, if you like. Mm. And she's using the title The Doctor, so perhaps now there's a story to be told about the acquisition of that title during The Division. And also the relationship between The Division and the First Doctor is an interesting one. He escapes Gallifrey. Suddenly he's not just running away because he's bored, but maybe running away because there's this oppressive power. Because the other angle to look at The Division under is as a kind of an American CIA metaphor, after all the cia is what they're supposedly replacing in in doctor who lore yeah but it's an all-powerful race sending agents out to muck around and interfere often in underhand and Mm -hmm. it seems violent ways
1: the way the cia of course does
0: well exactly so Mm. the 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 cia is a jokey clunky title for them it's great that they're not called that anymore yeah the function still has strong parallels and that's ripe storytelling territory i think
1: Oh, I definitely think the whole idea of the division is For me anyway, it's the only interesting thing that's came out of this So it would be interesting to see what the relationship is to that in the the series going
0: forwards Whether it touches that or whether we fly off into territory new And we might do a bit of both The problem I have in terms of how it's been delivered is It feels like it could go either way It Mm. doesn't feel like this has been so earth-shattering That the Doctor has to deal with it and explore it And we have to go there narratively because it was all shrugged off after the pep talk from Dr. Ruth. So it does feel like we could go off in new directions next time without necessarily having to go there. In which case, well, what was all the big fuss about?
1: There's one little thing, right? It's a sort of tangent. The whole thing where we see her doing that bit in the Matrix with the fucking Doctor Who theme over it, which felt really bad. But we see um, the brain of stuff now... I just don't get that I genuinely don't get that I've never understood why that when that was shown back in the 70s people immediately thought oh my god there's been other doctors because that story is Morbius and the Doctor have a mind duel Morbius loses the mind duel it's the two of them going through their previous lives mm-hmm. so those were Morbius's lives otherwise why did he lose if none of his lives came up no oh, you're retconning because... I'm, I'm fucking you absolutely are. It
0: was well documented that the the production team's intention was to have a laugh, and these were other doctors. Oh, and the text of the show plays it that way. It's it's a it's a very plausible retcon, but it's still oh, a retcon oh, that this Jesus was goodness. that these were Morbiuses. <laughs>
1: What? I don't know why you're laughing at me. This is, <laughs> oh, this is not in dispute. Yeah, but it's hard. Oh, God, I'm Just because Philip Hinchcliffe decided to have a laugh. People take this seriously.
0: Well, but that's part of the fun of it. <laughs> oh, my. And
1: I'm so, kind okay. of overjoyed that they're canon now. All right, that's fine. When does DWM do its Philip Hinchcliffe is the Doctor cover and Douglas Canfield is the Doctor <laughs> Bring it on. Why not? That's uh, another gap for a Big Finish. Oh my god. Yeah, the Philip Hinchcliffe box set that came <laughs> out could be retconned into, you know, we'll get rid of Tom Baker and just put Philip Hinchcliffe there. Anyway. It's such a big, steaming <laughs> I wank. Oh, I loved it though. It was just my sort of wank. The, Fair um, enough.
0: I'd, I'd liked all of that. And uh, people have done kind of montages showing all the doctors that have been on screen in Timeless Children there. and oh. And that's fun. The accountant in us all enjoys it. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Let's talk about some specifics. I quite liked the payoff of all the Brendan stuff, although mm. it was kind of funny that it didn't go back there in any way.
1: Well, it was a sort of redacted memory. They mm. they, they put that as a skin or a filter over to hide the story, so it was a quite a clever uh, little reveal. And I think it's uh,
0: interesting in sort of how allegorical it allowed itself to be, mm. although I think in retrospect I would have wanted a sense in the previous episode that the Doctor was
1: somehow experiencing these Brendan scenes. That's absolutely true. I did not for one second... That as this was, you know, being broadcast in no, the Doctor's it was mind. Utterly separate. It just felt, yeah. And that, again, that is poor writing.
0: Or at least just a choice that doesn't sort of uh, chime well with the big revelation of why that choice was done. It's it's less elegant yeah. in terms of wrapping things together. Mm. I think overall I'm happy though. It wasn't a big mess. It opens lots of new doors for stories pre heart and it restores mystery to the Doctor. I liked Graeme and Yaz's scene, but this was Sasha Dewan's episode. Yeah. And that's great for him. I think it's terrible for Jodie she was mm. very much a passenger yeah it was nice when she took control at the end but mm. the other thing that really disappointed me was
1: how little Ruth was used i'm really really happy that some people enjoyed it i'm i'm actually more happy that people enjoyed it because of all the negativity that surrounds it. You know, because you do need perspective and you need a bit of balance. So it's nice to... Connor enjoyed it a lot more. You enjoyed it more, although, you know, I think we all see some of the the problems with it hmm. and the problems with the season. So, uh, well, let's give it the chaz test, though. Did you have fun? Yeah great yeah well, that's maybe all we need exactly I certainly didn't hate it I thought it was fun I thought it was a laugh this
0: could be the tagline for this the channel Lira. I certainly didn't hate it that's...
1: <laughs> yay <laughs> that's enough
0: we all damn with faint praise yeah. what else yeah, I didn't see what the lone Cybermen was doing in the previous episode when he opens the caskets on the troop carrier. Why is he just welding the warriors and letting well, them scream for
1: show? From what I can tell, he is basically taking their humanoid parts out right. because he wants all the Cybermen to be fully ah, mechanical. This uh, is why he has this death particle that he's obviously had for ages but decides to mention at the very last minute. Who named that? it's oh, fucking terrible. I mean... Also, the continuity with that whole fucking death particle is pathetic earlier in the episode they're basically saying it'll wipe out all organic life and then they retcon it with <laughs> the episode say all organic life oh on a planet. I mean, the whole point is, if the the thing is to wipe out all organic life, then if that's the case, you're going to need what a hundred billion death particles to go to every planet individually. Maybe it just takes a long time. Oh fuck <laughs>
0: it! It just sort of drifts through space, so, <laughs> you know, just... on the
1: neighbouring planets. Like, oh, we've got seven thousand oh, years, Jesus. guys. Let's Jesus. pack our
0: toothpastes. What's
1: oh, a fucking
0: wank? <laughs> uh, weird, but yeah, complete MacGuffin, and I really. <laughs> really deplored the both the editing the pacing mm. yeah. and the fact of how the doctor was rescued. Because you know, it's like he turns up. He's like, "Oh, I'm going to save you," and that's lovely in itself. It's it's satisfying. But there's several axes to criticize this on. There's the old white guy rescues female doctor. But I'm not. You know, it's fine. Character rescues character. That's all very noble. The one that really pisses me off is Master and all powerful Cybermen stand around doing nothing for two minutes.
1: Give him a few seconds.
0: Yeah, you'll have your big moment again. I was talking about narratively aware doors. This (laughs) is narratively aware villains.
1: Uh, David Leg had commented on that particular thing. He thought the old guy was going to be Rassilon, and he thought it would have been interesting if he hadn't seen his right hand uh, until what, near the <laughs> end and it's the silver glove thing. Oh my god! You know? Yeah, but,
0: it's the Phantom Hand.
1: Yeah, that's it. Could be. It appears again. I think he had the gravitas as a
0: character he that was, makes you expect something more, hmm. and that's slightly disappointing, I suppose, internally because maybe that's not enough to just have a character who has internal gravitas. Well oh, I mean, he even had the look didn't he had the wind. Yeah sweat thing with the big uh, staff he Can was fucking takes, Gandalf uh, the Cyber Time Lords uh, they oh, were kind of awful. awful something just kept flip-flopping in my brain about them the colours I was like mm-hmm. and then the mouths, the sad mouths <laughs> I mean for
1: fuck's not sake not just uh, the fucking rule. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Rome no, I heard that over a year ago. Really? Gamble. Seriously. That Cyber Time Lords and somebody'd done a drawing a with the whole collar. And, yeah. and my reaction to that was, oh, no fucking way is that <laughs> going to happen. And when it actually happened, I nearly fucking choked on my teeth. Yeah. It was so funny. They missed a huge trick.
0: When they demonstrates the regenerative power, it should have turned into a different era. Of Cyberman. should have
1: turned into a Dalek. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, it should have gone Mondas,
1: yeah. That would have been brilliant. brilliant. I mean, that would have made that whole scene actually funny. In a sense of design, it looked interesting and nice, but, I mean, as an actual concept, it was complete shit. Oh, you're just going to snag your collar smashing through doors all the time, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you know what it's like? It's like a kid that... Um, Doesn't is stop making with a the Lego. Yeah. yeah, the Lego, and then you decide to, you know, I'm going to add a couple more guns on yeah. or something. Yeah, what this spaceship really needs is a rooftop swimming pool. Like <laughs> (laughs)
0: I was really caught up in the moment of the big escape from the Matrix After Mm. the Ruth scene And the Doctor kind of montages her way to freedom And... I liked that I liked the Matrix montage And the contents of it are fun and fan service And all of that The Morbius Doctors Are now canon etc I also wondered This must be the most explicit use Of the actual theme tune Within an episode
1: Well yeah I, I mean but I I liked,
0: I liked it <sighs> But it's an interesting cliffhanger It is obviously An exact clone of the cliffhanger Into well At least one David Tennant
1: oh, Neil, old David Tennant yeah. What What, what?
0: what? Yeah. Well there's gotta be a term for like triple watting or something. Whattiker. I mean, what Tony <laughs> <laughs> I love it. David Ten What. No. Yeah. No.
1: I liked it. I thought it was fun. It was obviously derivative. I'm looking forward to it. We've got a festive one coming up. We've got some Judun as long as it's fun. Mm. here's a thought enjoyable
0: this has literally just occurred to me you know we've well you've complained in the past about mm. losing the christmas day slot mm. and i see your point about that it was a great slot to have yeah. but thinking about resolution mm. now actually we've talked about romps a lot and we will continue to do so it wasn't you know it was dark you know not the darkest ever but it certainly wasn't that kind of slight jocular tone that the Christmas episodes have had so in that sense I think there's a justification for
1: keeping its st- Christmas Day. Well you could say that but End of Time wasn't particularly jocular. Mm, fair so enough. So you look at Christmas Carol, it's, although it feels like a romp, it's not really it's quite disturbing. Mm. You know, well, it's do we want
0: to talk about the season as a whole? Maybe we should do that next time.
1: I think we'd be better next time because um, <laughs> we've probably distance. talked quite a lot about this <laughs> and it would be quite good to give an overarching uh, yeah, so view of the season. We'll what have we...
0: a sort of season review next time and shall we do a top 10? How many episodes were there? There no, were 10. Oh 10, yeah we yeah. can. Well definitely they're all start. in my Top 10 We must ask the Doctor Welcome Dr. Schultz Now I have been thinking about the chameleon circuit Because in the most recent episode of course we saw a TARDIS as a house And a TARDIS as a tree So the chameleon circuit has been there since the get-go In the first episode ever of Doctor Who Where it gets stuck in the shape of a police box But when TARDIS's are functioning in full potential, they're supposed to be able to change to blend in with the surroundings. Now, it's been a sort of staple of a lot of speculative fiction and even spy fiction, the idea that you can have camouflage that's perfect, uh, stealth fighters, the James Bond car that blends into the background and becomes essentially invisible. But I wanted to know what the current state of play scientifically is with the idea of something instantly blending into its surroundings.
1: Well, of course, this is completely implausible.
0: Thank you, Dr. Schultz. I have not seen that angle on it before, so I really appreciate
1: your time. A man is the sum of his memories, you know, a Time Lord even more so.
0: Now it's time for your cheating memory and this is the part of the show where we randomly select a Doctor Who episode and then talk about what we remember of it mm-hmm. and then go away and watch it and come back with fresh insight. Last time we chose the Christmas Invasion and once more we've got comments Connor has sent in so we're going to start with those. On the Christmas Invasion, there's two types of regeneration story, having the Doctor energetic and straight into the action or having them sleep off the regen. <laughs> Choosing the latter for the story was a bold move considering it was the first experience for the new or casual viewers, with perhaps the show's biggest and recurrent change, but thankfully it pays off. Like I said, having the familiar faces of Rose, Jackie, Mickey and Harriet Jones really helped aid the show into the new era, and David Tennant manages to come in and steal the show in its last 15 minutes, instantly becoming the Doctor, and taking part in an epic sword fight that ends with a sinister tone that this new Doctor won't be messing around. Where the ninth doctor hesitated in killing the Dalek last series, this doctor doesn't. Oh, and by the way, that twenty quid—could it be fifty?
1: Do you know? It's funny about what he says there about the last fifteen minutes coming in and stealing the show because mm. basically, Connor is more or less made me <laughs> suppose the requirements. He's a—he's a much better companion for the for you than me.
0: Actually, Connor, can you email me? And, <laughs> um, we'll, we'll sort of do the randomizer podcast spin off.
1: <laughs> I. I actually totally agree with everything he said there. Um, You are redundant then. Yeah, I am. The Christmas Invasion is a watermark, uh, sorry, a watershed moment in (laughs) Doctor Who because technically it is your first Christmas special apart from Merry Christmas to you all at home. (laughs) Uh, So it was big and it was bold. And I remember RTD saying he wanted a Christmas special to be a proper Christmas special, you know, with tinsel and everything. You'd kill her Christmas trees, kill her Santas. A lot of fans, I remember at a time, having a go at Rose saying, oh, she's lost faith in the Doctor and how dare she do this and how dare she be like that. Again, fans, or arseholes, as I call them, <laughs> seem to always forget is that this show had just come back. Now, I, you, and them, had been maybe watching it for a good 30-odd years, but the people that were watching it, the new viewers didn't really know anything about Doctor Who, so their reaction would have been very similar to Rose's. You know, I don't like this new guy. Why has he changed? You know, it might come across as slightly whiny, but I looked at it as very believable because by the 15 minutes that he comes out, he wins everybody over. And I think that was very clever from RTD's point of view. He could have had the Doctor doing an 11th hour thing and come out fighting. But he did a Peter Davison thing. And that was at a point in the show where people had been watching Tom Baker for seven years. So you don't have a big, massive energy filled up You have a slow introduction to a different Doctor. And this was a slow introduction handled beautifully by a genius show I totally agree
0: yeah it's lovely stuff Mm. the TARDIS crashing into Mm. the tenements on the way down was a a really exciting entrance for it. first time I've seen it used that way it was great fun I think the, the translation slowly returning I remember being sort of gobsmacked in a great way by that mm. when I watched it the first time it's it's just great writing and, yeah. you know, really beautifully made really the joy of that reveal and then TARDIS doors open and there he is, it's just wonderful wonderful television
1: brilliant and he comes out all sort of immediately confident
0: I mean That's... let's look at the skill here because this is seeded through the episode mm. Rose's realisation of the loss of translation and mm. the series has used that translation as a gimmick you mm. know it's been there when it's been useful and indeed not there when it's needed to not be there. But now it's used explicitly yeah. and given such a brilliant payoff. It's built up to and it's earned. And so the rush of joy you feel when it's delivered, that payoff is immense. And yeah. that's that's what's missing now in, yeah. in Chris Jibnall's Doctor Who, is that kind of depth and that kind yeah. of satisfying kind of skill of doing all these payoffs. You get the kind of surface patterns of these things. You get the yeah. revelations. You get the big build-ups. But there's so much... Thinner So much more Superficial And that, you know It sounds like I'm relentlessly Down on it I'm enjoying the programme But mm. I know it can be So much more Yeah And that's a shame Anyway back to this one Other things that I scribbled down About this There's an Arthur Dent reference Which yeah. always yeah, makes it A winner course. Christmas tree shaped hole in the wall. and <laughs> <crashes> wonderful. <laughs> it's sort of you it's know a, it's a
1: wily coyote. Yeah. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> and the cup of tea being the saviour of all. Isn't just... that? Isn't that so perfect? Oh, it it's is. so British. Know. You know, I love, I love our TV, doing stuff like that.
0: The other thing I really enjoy in this episode is Daniel Evans, who is an actor and now director who I've worked with, and he's a lovely, lovely man, a brilliant, brilliant director, and I just enjoy his part in this so much he gets the first ever yes I know who you are
1: joke. Oh he's Llewellyn yeah. Yeah. Ah yeah he was wonderful Uh, and the first death of the tenant era really grisly as well. Yeah of course I mean that's joke that joke is I know it's uh, I don't even think it's played out I think it's such a great joke. It just tiptoes right on that balance between absolute stupidity and (laughs) Fun because you get it, you get it later with the dark. Well, yes, yes exactly so you know. Who you you, are. I mean, so the right of our death, so yeah, it's it's, it's fitting, absolutely. One and oh, Penelope Wilton mm. is so damn. I was crazy. so
0: disappointed in her in the mm. character and in, in that ending, but it's such a powerful ending, it's really really what? strong. And you know, it's a it's a knockabout, rompy Christmas episode, mm. and yet it doesn't end on that no. pure happy note, absolutely. He, he has this moment of human complexity mm. and also it subverts this sort of dangerous cozy relationship yeah. with the doctor having yeah. a, a sort of friend in high places and he uses essentially he uses sexism to bring down a government the, the whole you look tired thing is a complete trope for female politicians you're absolutely right yeah and so it's quite shocking i yeah. mean it's on the one hand it's it's a kind of clever very doctor Who. i'll bring you down with one word okay no sex yeah. And that's really
1: strong But it's actually You know The, the edginess of that In terms of The Doctor exploiting yeah, that Yeah because I do remember Something similar happened with Theresa May You know Sort mm-hmm. of uh, You know Undermining her Sort of yeah. Point about You know She looked ill Or this or that Yeah And but
0: it's just the way That people tend not to talk About male politicians mm-hmm. And it's part of the Horrendous You know Way that women in power Are treated yeah. um, I've never actually thought of it. That it's way, easy to slip Under totally, the radar I think You're,
1: you're yeah. totally right The other thing I thought was Uh, very powerful, but that is when they fire on the Sycorax retreating it's such a metaphor for the General Belgrano during the oh, uh, yes. the Argentinian Falklands no, uh, because I mean of course Thatcher ordered the destruction of a retreating ship. I think Harriet Jones's motives, I believe mm. that
0: they are honest, yeah. if you like, that she is concerned for Earth having to stand on its own two feet rather than wanting to do this to show that she's a strong leader or to score political points.
1: She makes some very very good points about the doctor not mm. being there all the time. It goes back to something in Torchwood, Children of Earth, when Gwen is doing the monologue to Video camera saying that the doctor, you know, is not always here, and sometimes when he's not here, she thinks he must be ashamed of us. So, there is that argument, you know, the doctor can't be everywhere, he's not omnipotent, although he may well be. I mean, I think he's got someone with 700. Regenerations out (laughs) there She's probably just tired writing all those birthday cards Yeah probably I think it's
0: really strong writing And it's Mm. strong because you do understand Harriet's arguments and point Mm. of view It's not just a power crazed villain move And that's why it's so disappointing But also so understandable Of
1: course they did redeem her character Mm. in um, in Journey's End I mean it was a rather wonderful sort of way that she went out So I
0: wasn't sure of the balance between Rose's sorrow That the Doctor won't save the world versus she has personally lost her doctor Mm. you know that big scene where she breaks down and hugs Jackie and says he's left me that is absolutely the language of breakup and I guess what you're saying makes a lot of sense in terms of she's standing in for an uncertain audience Mm. faced with a new doctor and this sort of the uncertainty and fear that that brings and Mm -hmm. i think it goes just a little too far it's she's a little too disconsolate and therefore a little too won over when he sort of steps in at the end it's i don't know it's very nitpicky
1: for example right now and take that broke up years and years You're going to surprising places I right? really There's am, the sex yeah. In the but there was a helpline and when uh, Liz Sladen and I, you had that whole thing on CBBC and the helplines and all that so there was a lot of investment from a lot of younger kids in Doctor Who at that time. You're right, I could I be mean, more compassionate. You know, the comparison being with the timeless children you know, adults acting like fucking kids is slightly different maybe the timeless children is actually what they're (laughs) acting like there was that sense of real loss when when Rose left and everything, because that was the first companion leaving as yeah. well, so it was a big deal at the time. So and I, how cheap it was when they brought her back. Well, yeah, of course. But you're building the the comfort zones. I think in. it crosses the line when it's in that moment
0: mm. where it's the language of a lost boyfriend. Yeah. If it is there to be for younger viewers who mm. are upset at the new Doctor, then you're couching it in the language of a sort of boyfriend, girlfriend relationship, Mm -hmm. not the kind of I've lost my best friend. Somebody says I've lost my best friend. Is that fatal death again?
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay, I can't keep treating this as canon. (laughs) (laughs) But see, the thing is that it felt over the top, but it felt over the top to me as an adult.
0: I think in the rush to finish the episode out Mm. with some pace you lose instantly all of Rose's misgivings and they felt so built up before that it feels a bit unconvincing that she's just like yeah it's all fine now but then you know Christmas episodes
1: Yeah, I mean I just have some very happy memories Mm. Connor and I were like jumping (laughs) on the sofa when we got to Christmas Invasion you know it's Christmas day obviously a very exciting day Connor got a load of Doctor Who presents and everything and then we had that to watch in the evening and was just made it such a magical time, and I, I just thought to myself, I've been watching this show since I was a kid. I'm now watching it with my kid, and yeah. this is so beautiful. I,
0: Doctor Who fans' equivalent of taking your boy for his first pint or whatever. Yeah. No, I totally, totally get it. Okay, well that was Christmas Invasion. I think it's time to fire up the randomizer <laughs> and choose a new one. Look, when I give the word, press the button, the big one. Yes, maybe it works in conjunction with the others. What do you think? You <laughs> see okay here we go (laughs) standing by
1: all right well let's try and find out now what could it be
0: The space pilot. <laughs> <My God. laughs> Excellent. Not all of it is there. There's only two bloody episodes. Ah, we can watch the
1: recon. Oh, God. Oh, I've done it. I've, I've done forgotten. it once already. Come on, there's no mutants. That is, mm, that is what I've been dreading, unfortunately, through, <laughs> uh, for the old series, is if we get, like, one's way missing episodes. I'll do it for this one and this <laughs> one only, but there's no way I'm sitting through uh, tele-snaps and audio. Uh, Imagine
0: if you had to do it with Time Lash. I think it's not as bad as you think it is.
1: You know what's really disappointing about this is it's a Pat Trouton story. Mm -hmm. And I so fucking love Pat (laughs) Trouton stories. It doesn't matter how shit they are. Pat Trouton's in them. I did watch it in my watch through, obviously, in the early days. I'll watch it. Yeah. Of course. So what do we remember about it? The runner or something on it was John Nathan Turner. Uh. It was the very first time he ever worked on Doctor Who. There we go It's the penultimate story for Pat mm-hmm. And you've got Jamie and Zoe And there are some space pirates in it What? Yeah. Spoilers And um, I know Fuck all else
0: <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember quite enjoying, there's just a lot of model work Of spaceships yeah. docking and space stations And so on um, I think the first cliffhanger is pretty fun But I won't go into too much detail So that you've got something to cling on to <laughs> hey, What are the cling-ons in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in the textbook case of "be careful what you wish for," we got some classic. Uh, oh, you know the best part. Wow. When we review it, we can talk like this again, matey. Oh,
1: hell. I don't have a sonic
0: screwdriver because I'm not off on a romp. I call it what it is. A great loss of pump and circumstance So I think that brings us neatly to romp or pump Where we oh, try to oh. have a quick browse through the randomizer And decide if these are rompy or pompy stories okay. this is the first time we've done it with only two of us so That's true f- I'm it going f- to say
1: Space Pirates are romp It's <laughs> just a guess
0: <laughs> All right, We have to decide that next week Alright, but we'll click the randomizer and we will see what we get Praxius. <laughs> it's quite rompy I a yeah. sort of high-stakes romp. I don't
1: yeah. know. I you were going to yeah. say like yeah, something no, unflattering, just, you? No, it's a romp. The
0: fires of pomp,
1: eh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It is a bit of a romp, but it's yeah. got a beautiful ending. I think it's rompy.
0: And an unearthly child. Ooh. <laughs> uh, pomp. pomp. All pomp. Yeah. Blink. That's huh. Definitely such fun, but it's not a romp. Yeah, it's definitely pomp. Yeah. yeah. Genesis of the Daleks. Oh, that's pomp. Pump. That's Pump yeah. all Atmosphere all the Great way. Great one. World Enough in Time and The oh. Doctor Falls. Those are serious as well, aren't they? God, that, bro. Yeah, so not much romp this week. Come on, mm. give us a couple of more in the most Come
1: on. The Pyramid at the End of the World. Um, It's more
0: sort of high stakes, thing. I yeah. suppose. Okay, a couple more. Dark Water, Death in Heaven. Jesus. this is a serious randomizer. Wow. Okay, one more. In the Forest of the Night. Oh, God, romp. It's a bit rompy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit stupid as <laughs> well. <laughs> and on that positive note, we will move on.
1: So here's your challenge.
0: So it's challenge time, and as you'll know, Chaz has been challenged by me to watch the mutants, and then he's going to challenge me to watch something. But we've had a few mishaps along the way. So, Chaz, have you watched it now? Uh,
1: well, um, I need to hand you this um, this note.
0: Dear Mr. Reed, please excuse Charles from watching the mutants. He has been unable to this week as he has been exposing himself to trees, and I'm trying to teach him a lesson. Signed, my mum. Alright, next week then
1: All well, these corridors look the same to me
0: So this is Which Corridor Is This? Inspired by Rob Sherman and Toby Haydock's book Running Through Corridors where they re-watch all of Doctor Who in order and then say nice things about it So I've been re-watching the show and in some cases watching it for the first time and I am up to a classic Tom Baker hero I've just watched the horror of Fang Rock It's a classic, rightly so mm. Dripping with wonderful atmosphere, the sort of base under siege meets
1: lighthouse. I think Louise Jameson stands out in everything she's done yeah. so far. She's so damn good.
0: I was worried about the character's kind of you know strength dropping away with mm. successive authors writing for the character. but yeah. so far so good. You know, she's yeah. still got.
1: I mean, it, we've got a few to go, so you know, yeah. it's no doubt going to sort of lag a bit. Uh, the cast really good. You've got uh, the two light. Three lighthouse keepers. Oh, blinking, you missed the first one. Yeah, the of first course. To go. And then... Vince looks like a young Michael Palin. Yeah, he does a lot. The only time, of course, we've ever had the Rutans. Yeah, so they are um, the arch enemies of the
0: Sontarans, for those yeah, of the, know, Yeah,
1: the sort of um, blobs. Green jellyfish, really. Yeah.
0: The visual effects of the Rutan are a little hit and miss. There's some shots of the Rutan climbing the lighthouse and Tom Baker yeah. hanging out of a window, yeah. which Sort of look a little fake to modern eyes But otherwise the production design is gorgeous
1: It's got again like talons It's got that Sunday drama Mm. Feel to it you know Tom Baker's absolutely shining in it But you know he's at his sort of height At this point I think I think
0: he's begun to
1: play against the scenes
0: In a way which gets deeper and deeper As he goes further I'm going to sort of watch that trajectory with interest Because I think it starts off as a thing he does To Mm. unsettle the other characters But then if I'm remembering right it sort of slips into almost a shtick that if a reaction would normally be sad he'll go happy and and vice versa but here I think it's still being wielded with skill and power one thing which did leap out at me was right at the end of part three when they realised that the Rutan can change its shape he says ah the chameleon factor and it's like what I mean it's chameleon factor right yeah so is this a fluff or is this him being weird I mean um, should it be chameleon (laughs) circus all these years is a chameleon a vegan chameleon but I think also some of the characters could have done with a little more depth like Adelaide Mm. in particular her death is really poorly directed as well because we don't really see how the rootin gets her you know mm. we, we cut from one scene with the rootin coming in the door in the shape of reuben and then next time we're back in that room he's got her already yeah. you know the, the small criticisms i have i did get a sense of the director or the editor cutting around mm. maybe the limitations of the yeah. effects and the budget uh, it's a lovely story I'm, i've enjoyed watching it very much mm. and i'm on to the invisible enemy next oh. which uh, I, I will talk about once i've completed the story Prawn. Space Prong. Space Yeah. Predictable as a
1: doctor. 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 doctor shall die for
0: Okay, it's time for Doctor by Doctor. So we're basically selecting a doctor at random and talking about their era. Simple as that. You want to pick this one, Chaz?
1: Yeah, why not? Oh, it's number five! Ooh. I'm alive! Number five. Ah, oh, Peter Davis. Put it back in the box. Oh, shit. <laughs> Actually. Is it Peter Davison? Well, he's number
0: 57 now, yeah, I think. So, so number five was that child on the opera. No, it's Peter Bloody Davison, sod yeah. you, sod you, Chibnall. <laughs> Um Chibnall. We will number as we have to, because otherwise we just don't know where we are. Peter Davison, I grew up with Peter Davison's doctor. Hmm? I mean, I remember St Tom Baker, but it was really Davison era that I grew up with. Like David Tennant, he was my doctor in that Absolutely. sense. Absolutely.
1: I grew up with Tom Baker, stroke Pertwee a little, but I cite Peter Davison as just absolutely brilliant I, it was such a a moment when tom baker regenerated mm. into him and yeah obviously you know missed tom baker but my god peter davison was fantastic yeah he really I, was
0: i love him as an actor i've yeah. watched um all creatures before he was in doctor who mm. he used to watch mm. as a kid and yep. a very peculiar practice as well yeah. worth digging out if That's you can get hold fantastic. of it fantastic that's worth a tangent of the week sometime. I think yeah, it
1: really is actually
0: so interesting in this era of a very full TARDIS, three companions. Peter mm. Davison came into the programme already with three companions: Tegan, mm. Nissa, and Adric. Yeah, and it's it was I think the era did suffer from it slightly as well there was always that kind of tension about what everybody could do in each episode although in some episodes the answer was to put them to sleep as Mm. we alluded to previously
1: yeah it's almost as if three companions is a really really bad idea (laughs) isn't it
0: (laughs) peter Davidson's era began with castrovalva which Mm. drew on the works of mc escher the artist who draw kind of impossible topologies staircases Mm. that went up forever and hands drawing themselves drawing themselves and so it uses this mathematical idea of recursion, the idea of things being trapped within themselves to create a trap for the doctor. And it's a very clever plot, very intellectual mm. plot. But on the back of Legopoli's block transfer computation. Yeah. We've got a lot of sort of big maths themes I mean, going on.
1: I love Christopher H. Bidmead's scripts. I, I love his ideas. Mm. I mean it is very sort of more hard sci fi than Doctor Who is used to. But, you know, it just came sort of like something so different mm. at the time. This is a very gentle introduction to a Doctor because he is sort of uh, immobilised for quite a big part of the story. And, of course, he's doing uh, rather fun impersonations of previous Doctors. I was going to say, because he is very
0: explicitly doing those previous Doctors. And yeah. it's, it's, it's a little bit lumpily for me. I think I, I'm a bit ambivalent about this story as a whole. There's quite a lot of padding. There's a lot of hmm. carrying... a box up a hillside and <laughs> yeah and then the, in the in the citadel itself of castrovalva there's there's some interesting mystery there and some interesting mm. design um i think i was never a huge fan of the ainley master so yeah. having him reappear was not a big thrill for me but at the time, I'm sure I loved it. I don't remember it as a kid. I think hmm. all my memories of that era are rooted firmly in the last two minutes of Logopolis. Better Before to nonsense. Doomsday's next. It's
1: space creatures
0: and frogs. Uh, Adric has quite a lot to do in this one. Yeah,
1: he think. does. And um, you've got Starford Johns as uh, oh, yes. the main villain, monarch. Well, you know what famous. I remember
0: from this one is the trick with the cricket ball in space. Oh, yeah. The Doctor sort of floating between the TARDIS and the spaceship. And <laughs> yeah. is it, I can't remember if it's physically accurate or not. He bounces the cricket ball off the spaceship catches it and uses the momentum. The
1: momentum. I think... Technically, if you could do that, it would be possible. Well, of course, this is completely impossible. I do remember watching a documentary where Mike Gatting, <laughs> who's a Doctor <laughs> Who fan and cricketer, obviously, yeah. uh, had specifically commented that like, he loved the Fifth Doctor. Well, because that of was a crick- cricket. cricket yeah. Can... yeah, that's a big like,
0: theme. But yeah. Kinder is next. I'm so yeah. fond of Kinder on it's many levels. I, very, I, very good. It's a very different story for Doctor Who. Mm. It's got this whole idea of cyclical time. It's got an amazingly spooky monster called the Mara who lives inside the mind and there's some really chilling scenes Mm -hmm. inside the sort of dream space with Tegan with the tattoo and the old
1: people and just great, rich, wonderful story. I think that is one of the first highlights of Davison's era. Mm. Um, and, of course, uh, Nyssa gets set to sleep for the entire episode. Wow, dear, maybe so, it
0: does gain something from thinning yeah, the, the ground it a little definitely bit. definitely does. I like Nyssa a lot. No, I,
1: just... I do as well, and Peter Davison always said that he thought Nyssa worked best with him you yeah, know as a companion which actually had some technical knowledge yeah, some yeah, absolutely but you've also got the descent into madness yes. of Hindle I which love that. is so good you know mm. that whole bit you can't fix people you and know Adric's
0: kind of having to play along that kind mm. of slight hostage situation.
1: Yeah
0: it's so. all really tense
1: really yeah, it is very very good it's Strong a real ride. it's a real standout of the mm. season.
0: And that kind of slightly clunky in retrospect but that cabinet that you yeah. get locked into is yeah. quite terrifying as yeah, well. Yeah
1: very like. much and of course the old woman and that whole cliffhanger yeah. you know it's rather wonderful as with all Doctor Who the sort of rubber monster bit is a bit mm. rubbish but on the DVD they the reject the effects yeah. and it looks great now so I don't think there's really a single problem With
0: that I story I just have anyway. the ability To look past those oh, To yeah. a certain
1: extent I always think that You know I mean it, The the rat doesn't spoil my enjoyment mm. Of Talons No story is without Some Achilles yeah. heel Usually a rubber one The idea
0: of trapping it In the circle of mirrors Is gorgeous mm. as well really good Fun memories of Kindle mm.
1: Also the visitation Which is next oh, A pseudo-historical
0: Yeah and a uh,
1: Wonderful performance from Michael Robbins. I'm really um, impressed
0: the way you remember those names.
1: Yeah, no, it's um, it's a gift. Really interesting monsters. I mean, yeah, okay, they're not particularly well realized. Oh, I but- like them. What they leptals? yeah. leptals. I don't think they're that well realised, but I think they're great. But also <laughs> the death of the sonic screwdriver, That's almost like yeah. killing a companion. I know, and uh, it's quite amusing sort of Peter Davison's so a feel you've just gone off an old friend.
0: Black Orchid is a, an actual historical and uses doubling to have Nyssa have an identical twin, which I think hmm. there's sort of some rule that after a certain amount of time every science fiction series yeah. must do a series, an episode with identical copies. Yeah. Mind you, we did it in Inferno as well already. We
1: so. also did it in uh, Enemy of the World. Enemy of the
0: World, yeah. Mm. God, we didn't even wait that long. No, it's food fun. It's There's the Charleston. Peter Davison gets a game of cricket.
1: Yeah. Oh, so yeah.
0: next is Earthshock, which really did kill a companion. And it was a big big event at the time it really it's was. also I think a really great story hmm. I think episode 1 especially is just dripping with atmosphere well,
1: the payoff at the end of the episode I remember yeah. being wow they brought the yeah. back
0: Cybermen well, and- I don't remember if this is an actual memory or if it's something I've kind of confabulated but I think I didn't know who the Cybermen were I think there's so many strong moments, visuals The creepy robots in the caves They're really good All of that, the music in that yeah. build-up The way they turn you into pizza, it's horrible
1: Props to John Nathan Turner, of course Because he was offered the Radio Times cover and refused it I mean, the publicity would have been great But, you know, to keep that cliffhanger You mm. know, that, that was something else I have a very specific memory of this story Because I watched all three episodes Really loving it But I had to watch the last episode On my portable TV I got a portable black and white television The speaker had stopped working (laughs) So I watched the entire Last episode In black and white and in complete silence And I never got to see it Till about maybe ten years later And I didn't know that the Credits were silent I think John Nathan Turner had taken that idea From Coronation Street where a character Had been killed and they played the Credit silently And
0: the other thing In Earthshock Which I think Is often overlooked Is I think It pulls off One of the most Wonderfully Gorgeous Visual effects I've seen in the series oh, The yeah. classic series you, th- you know what I'm talking about? Yeah
1: Are you talking about The Cyberman Coming through the, through door? the door? Yeah, it's amazing
0: Beautiful right. They have some gobbledygook About shifting the molecular Structure of a door They get a Cyberman Halfway through the door <sighs> And then freeze the door And you get this sort of vac form Cyberman half I've in and half out I've never door. seen that done since they do it in Doom the do movie it? of Doom oh, right. they have this sort of um, molecular barrier that they half trap a creature yeah. and it's still kind of wriggling around so
1: Damn good. That's
0: brilliant, yeah. and just that nick of time absolutely crystallised in visual form. Yeah. Time Flight next. I haven't seen Time Flight for years, well, so eventually I'll get yeah. to it. In my rewatch. What is it about stories of time in the title? And Anthony Ainley's back from Angels and Berman with a new costume. And am I yeah. right in thinking that nobody ever sees him as the yeah. wizard? So there's I no mean, point in there's him. Being there's
1: disguised. literally no point in him being disguised. Just because that's um. what he does
0: now. Arc of Infinity. I really enjoyed at the start yeah. of the season. They had location filming in Amsterdam. Yeah, so Much nice. of that was made of oh. Peter Davison running around with rice Chris Well, basically,
1: I think that's where the budget all went, and I'm sorry, yeah. Well, I like oh, the chicken monster
0: People were hating on the, the Ergon or Egron But um, I was quite fond of it But right. I, I remember at the time I think I must have had a video recorder Simply mm. on a repeat Because I don't think I had one in 83 But the sort of negative flickering effect When the little chicken monster mm. fired its gun And yeah. sent you into the Atomata world I remember being fascinated by that And sort of freeze-framing it So Snake <laughs> Dance is the sequel to mm. Kindle A less successful sequel, I think it's fair to say but Yeah, I would say so but Strikingly, has a very young Martin Clunes in it yes, Who I went suppose. on to Bigger yeah. and Better Things Then it's followed by the Turlow trilogy And I like Turlow a lot Yeah, I'm not sure how much I'll enjoy him in revisiting the character But (laughs) I really was quite fascinated by this idea of a companion Who was actually a double agent, if you like
1: it's a really nice idea but unfortunately it completely runs at steam after the initial trilogy so yeah terminus follows and i I like this one again at the
0: time i think it stands up less well but it's Ness's final story it's, it's a good atmosphere in it i think
1: there was a version of it where they were going to have louise jameson and the ice warriors in it Right. I was sorry to see Nyssa go I did like her as a yeah. companion Sarah Sutton's done a lot of big
0: finish and that's been yeah. really lovely to hear oh, yeah. the character of Nyssa yeah. expand and deepen exactly,
1: yeah. I mean if there's a gap
0: fill it <laughs> I've run out of clips, you can't make any more gap jokes <laughs> mind
1: so the gap
0: this sort of Dark Turlo, if you like this trilogy, <laughs> um, rounds out with Enlightenment, which is mm. another just beautiful visual yeah, idea. of sailing ships yeah. in space.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those stories where they actually did the lighting quite well. Mm.
0: You know, yeah, it's nice and moody. The yeah. sort of the under decks of the ship feel mm. very good in that BBC costume drama way. Very much. And the, the resolution of the Black Guardian, White Guardian, mm-hmm. Terlo trying to kill the Doctor trilogy is pretty good, I think.
1: I think it's good, yeah. He has I, to make a choice. Make
0: the Doctor's won him over by just yeah. Being with him and being good.
1: But I did like uh, the relationship Tegan had with the Eternal. He found her fascinating.
0: It's sort of nicely creepy. Mm. The scale of his interest in her, the kind of bug under the microscope. So we return to Earth for the King's Demons, which Mm. sees another master plot, but also technically a new companion. We have Chameleon.
1: I really liked Chameleon at the time. I thought that was Mm -hmm. a really cool idea. And let's be honest... He was a shape-shifting robot. It I was ten, be... what's not to like? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not sort of still have him there? He could basically just be something else. Then we have the anniversary special,
0: The Five Doctors. Mm. Um, oh. And I think if there's a story that hits the romp on it too hard, it's that one.
1: It's so fun, though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah,
0: It's total nonsense. Yeah. It's just contrived and... Uh, I don't know, it still manages to be kind of atmospheric or the yeah, kind of ticky-tocky
1: I mean, music and... I agree, it's, uh, you know it's set on Galfrey, it's contrived It's sort of, um, it buggers about with Galfrey and history Nobody cetera. should do that, ever Yeah, you know, I mean, complete contrived nonsense yeah. but... I mean, if anybody did that nowadays yeah.
0: you can imagine we'd be talking oh, about it very yeah. strongly <laughs> Then Peter Davidson's final season, season mm-hmm. 21, starts with Warriors of the Deep, which is kind of, it's a show of highs and lows, isn't mm-hmm. it? You've got the high of the final moment with oh. There Should Have Been Another Way, mm-hmm. which is a great bit of kind of plot twist and seeing remorse and mm-hmm. the Doctor having to destroy an enemy he would much rather have found a peaceful solution for it sort of retreading the same ground with that race as
1: well and doesn't he look like he's been through the wringer you yeah know? Great sort of he really looks as if you know he's so harrowed yeah. and by this entire thing i think that that is a story that with more subdued or flickering lighting some rust marks on the walls mm-hmm. things like that uh, would Saying be one back the sea base Cleaners And everything <laughs> Yeah basically yeah. It's really a story That just needs A little bit Of fine tuning
0: It's probably The epitome Of the Too brightly lit And yeah. too bland And I think Davison's Doctor Gets accused of being bland And that's not him No Again this is the Doctor Being the public face Of the show And ah. getting blamed For the, mm. the production failing I don't sure why There is this Kind of over lighting Going on The sea base plots The kind of mm. double agents The political paranoia They're all really strong Strong.
1: Loved it. I mean, although it's set in the future is a very eighties kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's
0: the whole thing of sci fi reflecting the times yeah. in a way, yeah. isn't it? Um The Awakening, a pseudo historical I remember being very struck by this creature mm. being revealed behind the brick wall. Yeah. Now, last four stories for Peter Davison I would argue are a good strong trajectory. I don't think yeah. Frontios is very well regarded, but I'm really fond of it.
1: Yeah, it's funny, because again, it's Christopher H. Bidmead mm-hmm. that wrote that, and, you know, I mean, there's some great moments in it. It's a really clever story. I like the Tractators.
0: Yeah? Funnily enough, I worked with one of them. I didn't even realise. <laughs> he was a movement director on a show I did years <laughs> later. Speed. So, I just have semi- <laughs> I know, in the costume. In the the <laughs> I didn't recognise him. <laughs> <laughs> I like the gravism I like The whole yeah. using gravity, the destruction of the TARDIS
1: was really that funky. was a really good cliffhanger. Yeah, the only thing that fucking survives the is the hat <laughs> <stand>. <laughs> well, But then Turlo wielding that as a weapon was quite clever ah, I thought, yeah. as well. No, I crazy.
0: like Turlo's relationship with Nora, I can't remember mm. the character's oh, name. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: the whole thing about blowing through the hole in the coin.
1: Again, this is one set utopia type time because this is a colony in oh, the very, future, very yes. far future when humanity's sort of more more or less, on the brink of extinction. I think the Doctor even says, don't tell the Time Lords I was here or something, you know.
0: (laughs) So Resurrection of the Daleks follows. And in, I think, 45-minute episodes, is that right? Yeah, this was
1: uh, them experimenting Mm. for Colin Baker's era because that's basically what ended up happening in Colin Baker's era. This takes everything I just said about Warriors of the Deep, the place is run down, it looks as if nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, and, it's dark. You know, it's and it's gloomy. it's that's I think why it
0: works so well. The first minute and a half or so the opening sequence yeah. I think from the sort of establishing shots in these back alleys of London mm. to the massacre in the streets yep. to the appearance of the spaceship it feels cinematic
1: does it it's really a lovely does. opening and of course this is Terry Molloy's first appearance as Davros he's played Davros in Big Finish uh, quite a few times specifically mention I Davros oh, yes. because it is a wonderful piece of drama it's like the origins story it uh, yeah and this he's he's fantastic he's manipulative he's also quiet a bit more quiet mm-hmm. than the usual ranty version, yeah. which is good. This is the episode where Tegan leaves. Planet of Fire sees the introduction of Harry. Chameleon also is sort of finished off out. Yeah, yeah having not had a chance to do much of anything <laughs> yeah.
0: I like the idea of the master miniaturising himself by accident That's yeah, quite it was cute.
1: quite funny I actually think Anthony he's not bad in this one
0: let's talk about Terlo for a bit I think he's been a new sort of companion in the sense yeah. that obviously he comes in he's meant to be a schoolboy but he's not it's and that sort of all. just sits and it's kind of swamped by his being set out to kill the Doctor for the first while and then by the time that's dealt with he's just part of the crew and now it kind of comes back in bunches with a little bit of seeding in front of us he talks about his people and so on but we suddenly meet his people and he goes home it's a nice completion for an arc
1: Could it have been affected by
0: tangential
1: deviation coming out of the warper limbs? That smells a lot stronger around here also just point out one thing about the Davison era, especially the Davison era that seems bizarre. Companions only once change their clothes. Oh god, the costume thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Turtles in that fucking schoolboy outfit throughout Nyssa and Teagan are in their outfits for the entire first season the only reason Teagan changes her bloody outfit is because she's, she's just popped you home you know the TARDIS must stink <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it reminds me of the drums the master had aged the doctor up and he was in the doghouse on board the Valiant for a year and I always remember watching it with Connor going that place must stink of pish.
0: <laughs> we were talking about how Graham's search for the toilet exactly. possibly the first acknowledgement of certain bodily functions
1: actually it turns out I was wrong ah, of uh, Bill Potts asked where the toilet ah. was so I mean Jesus who would want to sit on board the Valiant with a nose block <laughs> I mean, maybe as would... well as translating the dog as <laughs> has another gift <laughs> That was me soiling getting off topic again But yeah, I always found it really bizarre it's
0: sort of what, tangent of the week is pungent yeah, Pungent, yeah So Peter Davison's era ends with, I would argue, his finest story Absolutely.
1: Absolutely His performance,
0: the cliffhanger to part three Is one of my I all-time favourite moments love. of Doctor Who yeah. Davison's just so on fire, visceral, energetic yeah. He's sort of fierce, he's determined, he's heroic yeah. It is just a beautiful, beautiful moment And the end of the era with his regeneration, self-sacrifices mm. You know, so sweet
1: It is one of the greatest moments In Doctor, you know that I'm not going to let you stop me now yeah. and, You know, you've got such a great Villain in Sharice Jack yes. You know, I mean, a real powerful performance It's very Shakespearean mm. I mean, even got Shakespearean sides yes. In it, all the characters Are really on top form That whole thing, he's only just met Perry, mm-hmm. but he is going to Sacrifice himself for yeah. her and that's the Doctor, you know, that's the the wonderfulness of the Doctor. It doesn't matter who it is, they're important. I remember years ago I used to sort of slag it off to be, because I was a lot younger... (laughs) Just to be awkward. Just to be awkward. No, (laughs) seriously, it was one of those fans, oh, no, I'm going to be, you know... Uh, contrary about this and you know I fully admit I was being a dick you know because <laughs> there is first. I don't think there's anything to
0: dislike in this story I mean the magma beast is a weak spot but we talked about that <sighs> who previously
1: who shit yeah it Let's be it's honest.
0: and you were quite right there was a bit of physical jeopardy but it wasn't so necessary. Yeah, I mean, it's a pointless
1: bit, but, yeah. you know, I mean, it's something I completely ignore. Just to make the tunnels a bit more dangerous, yeah. because the, the abstraction of the mud blasts wasn't mm.
0: enough jeopardy, yeah. perhaps.
1: Great regeneration as well. Mm. You know, I mean, the last words of the fifth Doctor is Adric. Yes. You know, that, that he, he's still never been able to forgive himself.
0: There's the sense of the struggle where you get all the flashbacks to the enemies. Mm. I mean, the sort of template of it was set for Logopolis yeah. with the enemies all going doctor yeah. and then the companions all going doctor. But Look. this one, it's more no, live, live.
1: These no. have all been filmed specifically mm. as well, you know. Yeah. The Logopolis
0: ones were culled from the archive, but yeah. these were... Field mm. especially right there.
1: In the commentary of yeah. the DVD, it's Harper, Davison, and Nicola Bryant. Mm-hmm. And they point out the bit that when I think it's Perry falls into the Spectrox yes. nest, it's a trampoline and she bounces. Bounce, bounce, you see again. it bounce. <laughs> <laughs> I've never spotted that, and I hope I don't spot hilarious. it. I'm never going to unsee it. <laughs> Lovely era, one of my favourites, and it's one I revisit quite often.
0: I'm loving watching old Tom Baker's, but I will be yeah. quite happy when I get to the Davison era oh, yeah, as
1: well. Yeah. It's the end. But the moment has been prepared for. Nine times out of 10.
0: Thank you so much for listening. That's too much rambling on. We're going to be slowing down a bit now that we've completed the season of Doctor Who, but we will be continuing. We've got lots of ideas for new things to talk about. If you have any feedback or questions, or if you're your own grandfather, then we can be reached at randomizerpodcast at gmail.com.
1: And, of course, you can reach us on Twitter at randomizerpod, and in both cases, that's randomizer with an S. Not Not a a Z. Yeah, and of course, Caves Van Zani has the character that's in Who lore as only sort of next to the Brigadier. I have no idea who you're talking about. Professor Jackie knew stuff. <laughs> what? They mentioned Professor Jackage oh, yes. earlier in the episode, who he developed develops. a serum. Now, at the very end, when he's regenerating, Pierre Davidson says, I see Professor Jackage knew his stuff. Good <laughs> old Jackage, right? But me, back in whatever year this was, 1984 or whatever, heard it as, I see Professor Jackage knew his stuff. Good old, no Jackage. old Jackage. And I spent years <laughs> thinking that this was an, a Doctor Who character akin to some like the Brigadier, trying <laughs> to find out what fucking story <laughs> Professor Jackage newest stuff appeared in. Uh, Big Finish spin off in the making. I, I'll give that to Big Finish for free because I want to see the further adventures of Professor, Professor Jackage's newest, newest stuff.